0: I'm excited, I'm excited to get into our new series. The Lord spoke to me about two months ago and I had a, uh, I, I don't have these very often, but I had a vision. It wasn't a vision like I was like knocked out, it was just like a, a, like a, a picture in my mind. But I had a very clear and a distinct, bring the volume down please, volume down please. I had a very clear and a distinct word from the Lord and I'm going to speak about it in four weeks okay in four weeks I'm actually going to tell about the vision and bring a prophetic word but this new series all goes together it's called Christian life in its fullness if you're watching online you can put that in the chat Christian life in its fullness and what's going to happen is there's a gathering that's coming back the Spirit of God is gathering the body of Christ back to the together and there's we're going to start experiencing a fullness, everybody say personally, we're going to experience a fullness personally and we're going to experience a fullness as a church. And again, in week four, we're going to have a prophetic word which goes with this. But uh, I believe that when we come into agreement and then we begin to align our lives with the word of the Lord and take action, this year is going to be an overcoming year. If you believe that, give the Lord a clap today. We believe that. Amen. Amen. The next three weeks, we're going to get fullness, we're going to get fullness personally. We're going to get fullness personally. And the next three weeks is going to be saved, set free, and healed. I don't believe that Christians can walk and function in their full potential unless they understand the benefits in what being saved is and who I am as a saved person. Amen. And then the second thing next week. I believe that people are going to be set free. I think it started today even in the music, but things that have held you bondage and things that have kept you captive or have kept you from moving forward, next week set free. And then the week after that, I'm excited about this one too. We're going to go into healing. We're going to go into physical healing. We're going to go into emotional healing, and, 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 and God's going to heal things that have been traumatic to us. But today, I want to ask the question, what does it mean to be saved? I believe when we have knowledge of what it means to be saved, that it gives us an advantage because there's power in knowledge. I want us to understand what it means to be saved. I remember as a a high schooler, before I knew the Lord, I used to drive by this church, and it had this big old neon sign that said, Jesus saves. Jesus saves. And I wondered, well, what does Jesus save? And I was like, well, Jesus obviously maybe saves people, but I used to sit there in a drunken state, and I said, I wonder if he could save me. I wonder if he could save me. So, I didn't know at that time, but what does it mean to be saved? The scripture talks about it in three ways. It says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved. I want you to underline that or put that in your chat. Those who are being saved. Everybody say present, present tense. Those who are being saved. So, salvation carries with it a present tense. And then the Bible goes on to say, if anyone's work will be burned, he will suffer loss. And this is talking about the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, He will suffer life, but he himself will be saved. Everybody say future tense. Future tense. So we are being saved, present tense, and we will be saved, future tense. But there's one other scripture. It says, for by grace you have been saved. That's present tense for by grace you have been saved in other words that's past tense excuse me that's past tense it's already done i have been saved so we see salvation there's a present tense we're being saved there's a future tense we will be saved and then there's a past tense that we have been saved and we're going to talk about the past tense today well i have a question for you i have a question for you are you being saved or will you be saved or have you been saved and it's yes yes and you have been saved once it makes that your choice amen so the best way we can understand that is the, that God made us a trying a trying being we know that he's father son and the Holy Spirit well we know that we're body soul and spirit everybody say that I am a spirit say I'm a spirit I live in a body that has a soul So the soul is your mind, your will, it's your emotions, it's that kind of stuff. But we live in a body. I'm a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. Well, this Greek word for for this, it literally means to be made whole, spirit, soul, and body. So saved actually means that you are actually whole or perfect in the past tense, in the present tense, and in the future tense. So there's a security in that. When it says we will be saved, one day we're going to have perfect bodies. Boy, you wouldn't believe the body I'm going to have, I'm telling you. I'm going to have this body which you wouldn't believe. Hey, that doesn't mean that in the present tense, uh, that, that, that right now in the present tense that we're not saying that we believe in healing. How many believe in healing? We, we believe in healing and I've seen people healed and I've been healed of things. But brothers and sisters, our bodies are, de- are decaying. But one day we will be saved, we'll have a new body. Our souls are being made perfect. Remember, sa- saved means perfect or whole, Well, our souls, our mind, our will and emotions, we're working that out. We're working that out. We're being saved. Our minds, the Bible says in Romans 12, our minds are being transferred or renewed. I like James 1, 29, 21, it says, receive the engrafted word of the Lord. You know, the Lord engrafts his word on it, and it's that engrafted word that's able to save our souls. So we see that saved. And then our spirit, our spirit has been saved. Do you know there's nothing that you can add or take away from your spirit when it becomes born again? There's nothing that you add or take. It has been done. That's done. So today we're going to talk about the present tense of a person being saved. Okay, first thing about being saved one it's a gift salvation is a gift we have to get through we have to get this through our heads because we don't it messes up everything in life and with God salvation is a gift salvation isn't a goal to achieve it's a gift to receive it's not something you achieve it's a gift that you receive you can't have it both ways the Bible even says this and if it's by grace it's no longer of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. It's a gift. But if it's of works, then it's no longer grace. So we have to, there's no in between. You can't have it both ways. It's either grace or it's worked. Now, I know that, 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 that the Bible says that we're saved not by our works, but we're saved unto good works. So it's not by work, it's a gift. It's a gift. You can't earn it. You can't pay for it. Otherwise, it's not a gift. Think about it. What if I came up to you with a big old Christmas present, and you opened it up, and you're like, man, this is amazing. This is exactly what I wanted. Man, Brian, that is really expensive. I can't believe it. Oh, Brian, it's beautiful. It's expensive. I can't believe that you did this for me. And I'm like, yeah, I felt like God wanted me to do this for you as a gift. Then I pull out the receipt, and I say, is it going to be cash or charge? Which is it going to be? And you say, oh, I'm sorry, I misunderstood. I thought it was a gift. But I say, no, it it, it is a gift, but how would you like to pay for it? Brothers and sisters, you can't pay for salvation of the Lord. You couldn't pay for it before you were saved, and you can't pay for it after you're saved. Does anybody out there say amen? So the first thing is it's a gift. It's a gift. Number two, it's eternal life. It's eternal life, the wages of sin. Wages are something that we earn. The wages of my sin, everybody say, is death. Is death. Here we see earning again. Death is what we have earned. We haven't earned life. We've earned death. It says, but the gift of God is, everybody say, eternal life. So we know that. This is the promise that he's promised us. By the way, God can't lie. Amen. This is the promise that he promised us. He promised us eternal life. And then john even wrote these things i have written to you who believe in the name of jesus christ any you who believes in the name of jesus christ the son of god that you may know not that you may think not that you may hope it says but you may know that you have eternal life so salvation it's a gift but it's also something that we know that we can have eternal life the bible even says for we know that if this earthly house this tent that we live in were to be dissolved that we have a heavenly home that god's already prepared for so so we we understand that number one it's a gift salvation being saved is a gift number two it's eternal life it's eternal life somebody said how long is eternal life you know uh, they said take a bird with a sahara desert pick up one grain of sand Fly it all, literally fly it all the way to the moon and back, one grain of sand. Empty the Sahara Desert and you've experienced one day of eternity. Eternity's forever. Eternity's forever. Well, when does eternity start? Eternity starts when you die with Christ on the cross and you become born again that's when saved in eternity that's when it happens for you and and you might be thinking when Brian dies someday the body decays and Brian dies and goes on to be with the Lord don't weep for me don't say oh I'm so sad that Brian died no Brian actually already died Brian died when he was 18 years old 18 years old in a person's home and that's when I began to have my eternal life so it's a gift it's a gift it's eternal life Number three, it's forgiveness. Brothers and sisters, listen. Brothers and sisters, listen. We are here to proclaim that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness of sins, Paul said. Not only, guys, forgiveness of sins, but forgetfulness of my sins. The Bible says in Jeremiah 31, verse 34, it says, for I will forgive their sins and their sins... I will remember no more and then he said as far as the east is from the west so far have I removed these transgressions from you I'm telling you forgiveness is a complete release from the penalty and the wages of sin that are against us it's not a partial release it's not a little bit of a release it's a complete release do you know how you know if you haven't had a complete release of forgiveness you live in torment Torment is the emotion if you aren't living in God's forgiveness. There's torment because you haven't been released There's guilt There's shame There's fear There's anxiety If those emotions and those things are happening in your soulish realm, that's being saved Then we haven't understand that we truly are saved we truly are it is a gift it is eternal life and that forgiveness is real and it's for me so if there's that if there's that uh that that judgment or that guilt or that shame then we haven't gotten to that place god wants us to be you know it's not that god can't remember our sin it's that he chooses not to remember it think about that he's omniscient he knows everything Let's say at the end of the time and I'm standing at judgment seat and one of the angels jumps up and says, hey God, is there anything you got on Brian Garfield? Tell me some of what you got on Brian Garfield on all this earth. I used to think that there was like this big old video camera that recorded every mistake that I made. I really used to believe this. I really used to believe this. That at the judgment seat, all of it was gonna be round. It was gonna be shown to everybody. That everybody was like, oh my gosh, Brian was that? He did that? A- and, I, and I thought that was, I really thought that. I really thought that, that, that it was just going to be a video that played and everybody got to see it and all the stuff we're trying to hide and, and, and nobody, you know, oh my gosh, how embarrassing. It took me years to know that that's not going to, if that angel says, hey God, you got something on Brian Garfield that he did on earth? God will say, well, you know, I can't remember anything. I just can't remember anything because he chooses it's not that he can't he's made a choice not to so there's forgiveness I'll tell you do you realize this is better than we think I, I know that we have to have knowledge saved is a gift saved is eternal life saved is forgiveness being saved is justification justification you can never be right with God by what you do you can't do enough you'll never be able to do enough even we put expectations on our spouses or our friends or or people we hang with and that's why there's always conflict and friction in in relationship because we put these expectations and we have these high thoughts that the way we think people ought to be this way well i'm telling you we can never do enough to be right with god the bible says that person is not justified by his works but by faith in Jesus Christ. We have to put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith. Not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. Justification, it comes by faith. It comes by faith through faith in the finished work of the cross. Now I want to ask you, what does it mean to be justified? What does it mean to be justified in the sight of God? This is a benefit of salvation. You need to know this. A benefit of that is, therefore, since you've been justified by faith in Jesus Christ, we have peace with God. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we have access, access into his throne of grace wherein we stand. Do you guys realize in the Old Testament, the priest could go once a year, one man, One person could go once a year into the holy of holies, the very presence of God. One person in the whole world, one time a year. Because of Jesus and what he's done for everybody on this earth, every one of us can go boldly to that throne of grace and stand before God without a guilty conscience and a guilty heart. We have access into faith because we've been justified. Hey, listen to this. God does justify us but listen to this god is just it's a part of its character how many say he's merciful how many say he's kind how many say he's forgiving how many say he's loving but he's also just he's also just just the word justified comes from the root word just and that's where we get our word justice god is just there there has to be There is penalty. There has to be payment for sins that are made. So when sins are made, it's not that you get out of jail free. Uh, Without Jesus, you have to pay for sin. The wages of sin is death. So God is just. He's merciful. He's loving. He's all that. But he's also just. It's not something payment has to happen. It's not something that can be overlooked or swept under the rug. There's a charge or a penalty or a payment for sin even in our prison systems people are in there because they've been charged and they're paying a penalty for what they did it's no different with God and his justice system when we in the justice system of God when we sin the scales go like this And what people do is they try to do good works and try to change themselves. And they think that that's going to start leveling it out. And if I can do penance and serve enough time, I'll get out of prison someday. Not in God's way. The scales are always going to be tipped like this. But when you believe in Christ and you're justified, he steps on that scale with you. And I mean, it goes like that. It goes like that. That's why God came. I always think God didn't send, you know, the letter was sent by Moses, but grace came through Jesus Christ. I hope that hits you like I, it did me. Moses, oh, here's a letter from God. Don't do this. Don't do this. Duh. Here's a letter. Read it. Cold, indifferent, all that. Grace came. Jesus, grace came. God so loved the world that he came. Jesus came for the sins of the world. The penalty to, to, to we, we've broken the righteous requirements of God and the expectations of God. We can't do enough. All of our sin in the Old Testament, when a, the lamb was sacrificed for sin, everybody put their, head on the, their hands on the head of the lamb. And that was symbolic of our sin being transferred to that lamb. And then that innocent lamb that was inspected by the priest would die a a death that that lamb didn't do anything to deserve death. They were even examined. They were examined by the priest and said they're innocent, they're blameless, there's no spot or wrinkle. Jesus, the great Lamb of God, all of us put the sins of our world on his head. All of our sin was transferred to this this Lamb of God. All the punishment for sin, the payment for sin, the penalty for sin, all the anger and wrath of God for sin went upon the back of Jesus and by his stripes I am healed so 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 there has to be payment for sin you can't pay for it that's why you salvation you can't pay for it you, you can't pay for it you cannot do it you can't do it if, if we don't receive Christ we're, we're going to we're not going to make heaven you can't do it so justification means that God's a just God now listen to this justification means that God is a just God listen carefully and it's justice for him to sentence me, listen, to heaven. I don't think you got that one. Say it again. Just me, justification means that God is a just God. And it's justice for him, it's justice for him to sentence me, everybody thinks, to hell. No, it's justice for him to sentence me to heaven. So don't say, people say, now why would a loving God send anyone to hell? He doesn't send anyone to hell he did every dogged thing he can to make get it where you can go to heaven we're already born into sin and going to hell God in his grace sends us to heaven God in his justice sentences us to heaven not hell why because Jesus paid that full price when we accept and believe him then we can go free unpunished for the sins that we have done that makes you think twice about sinning. Every time I, I get into sin, sometimes I need a, a wake up because you can just get where ah, I'm sinning. Who really gives a flip? I ah, know God doesn't like this. Who really cares? Man, get a vision where the Bible says that when we make those choices, it says we crucify again the Son of God. Man, I don't want to keep crucifying him. I want to keep crucifying I don't want to keep coming back and saying, God, I'm sorry. I want to say, God, I'm sorry, but cleanse me. There's a difference between forgiveness and forgiveness is being forgiven, but it's also cleanse me. So he's a just God. Number one, it's a gift. Number two, saved. It's a gift. Saved. It's eternal life. Saved, it's forgiveness. Saved, it's justification. Saved, it's righteousness. Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Righteousness is, what is righteousness? Everybody say right standing with God. Right standing with God. It doesn't mean you're always doing the right thing. That is righteous living. Righteous means being in right standing with God. You can't do enough things. We can be righteous and have righteousness in God's sight, because Jesus did the right thing we didn't do the right thing but Jesus did the right thing the Bible says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness accounted is account in accounting we all know accounts money in this account money in that account we know that we can move money from one account to another account how many says we understand accounts Here's what happened. In my account, there was sin. Sin in my account. And Jesus, in his account, there is righteousness. He took all of my sin and put it in his account. The Bible says this. For he, look at this on the screen, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. You need to know this. For he made him who knew no sin, Jesus. Made him who knew no sin, Jesus, to be sin for us my sin went upon him that we might become the righteousness of God in him so god took the sins of the whole world for god so loved the world every person sin guys not just yours all sin has been paid for in the whole entire world all of it now that doesn't mean that the whole world's going to be saved because they have to believe you have to believe under righteousness Abraham believed and then it was accounted to himself Righteousness didn't come into his account until he put his sin on Jesus and then Jesus faith pulled the righteousness out of Jesus account into your account You got to believe God took the sins of the world in his account But the righteousness comes in our account by choice and when we choose to believe How many of you believe God for your righteousness? Believe God for my righteousness. So saved, it's a gift. It's eternal life. It's eternal life. It's forgiveness. It's justification. It's righteousness. It's redemption. It's redemption. You heard it sung about this morning. The word redeemed means to purchase back. Huh? purchase back redeem means to purchase back God gave ownership of the earth and the authority God gave ownership to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve chose sin they took ownership and authority and and dominion of the earth and they gave it over to Satan gave it over to Satan and that's why Jesus even said of Satan that he is the God of this world before you come to Christ, the Bible says that you are ruled and that, that the prince of, the, of this world rules you. You are a slave to sin. You are a slave to, to his judgment and to uh, uh, his rule and reign. As an unbeliever, Satan's rule and reign is on our life because Adam and Eve gave it to him. Okay? But when you come back, when you come to Christ, Christ went back and took back what the devil stole he took it back he he took it back and he regained control dominion and authority on this earth so when we enter into covenant with him what it means to redeem is he did the work and got it back from satan salvation or what it means to be saved is now you have this authority you've been given this dominion because you've been redeemed Jesus came, listen, he came and legally purchased it back. He purchased the world and every person in the world, he owns them all. Listen to this. For you know that it wasn't with perishable things, 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. It wasn't perishable things like silver and gold that you were bought or redeemed from the empty way of this life handed down to us from our ancestors. But it was with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without spot or blemish or any defect so he already purchased us he already paid for you if you choose to become listen his property redemption is when you choose to become his property his property if you're saved listen you are not your own if you're saved you're not your own you don't belong to you anymore And that's a big problem with a lot of people sitting in the church today. Is you have not, you're still your own. When you've been redeemed, you have been bought. You were a slave to sin and a slave to a tyrant evil being named Satan. But Jesus redeemed you with the precious blood of the Lamb. He bought you back. And when you give your life to him, here's the problem with here's the problem with so many in the house of God and watching online is you have not died to self you don't realize you don't belong you're not the man in charge you're not the woman in charge he's in charge you don't belong to yourself your time's not your own your money's not your own boy that doesn't make churches probably grow telling them that kind of truth because everybody wants tickling ears and wants to give you everything you want. He's a big old give me, give me, give me God that you just put your request out and He just makes life so, oh, just so wonderful. Wonder. When you're purchased, you are not your own. The, Paul said, I urge you, I beseech you by the mercies of Christ that you would present your bodies as a living sacrifice back to Him. This is a true act of worship. Everybody's like, oh, I'm worshiping God, I'm worshiping God, I'm I'm loving God with all my heart and soul. No, you're still the boss. You're still the man in charge and the woman in charge. Right after, I'm telling you, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, watch this phrase, and you are not your own. You don't belong to you. Gosh, that's what's wrong with guys, that's what's wrong with society. Gosh, that's what's wrong with marriages. We got so many doggone self-absorbed people. People are so darn self self-absorbed, it's sickening. And, and everything's not going right around them because all they think about is me, myself, and I. You are not your own. You've been redeemed, you've been bought for you have been bought with a price and i'm telling you it was a high price it was a high price therefore let's start bringing some glory to god in our bodies in our bodies and in your spirit look at this phrase i wanted it on the screen look at this phrase which are gods that that i, I had that written down i wish it, i erased it off mine i don't remember where it's at was that ever on the screen Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are whose? I'm sorry. I'm feeling it again. I get disgusted, sick, nausea in the stomach at people that are self-absorbed. so does god you know right after i got saved i felt satan tempting me and trying to get me back into some old lifestyles and i remember this very clearly i was walking one time and it was like god reached out and grabbed me i was starting to get into the things i used to do and it was like god just reached out and grabbed me and said whoop and pulled me back it's like he reached out and grabbed me. Is He reached out and he pulled me and asked me, Did you ask me to be your Lord? And I said, Yeah, uh, yeah, I did. Then he said, Well, then I'm going to be Lord then. And he kicked my butt and he said, To walk away from that. Walk away from it. If you've been saved, you've had that experience. You've had Jesus say, Then you're not going back. You're going to belong to me. You're mine. You're my child now this is redemption it's redemption saved is a gift saved is eternal life saved is forgiveness saved is justification saved is righteousness saved is redemption and number seven and this is my final point saved is a total commitment it's a total commitment. It's putting your hands to the plow and not looking back. Jesus says, a man that puts his hands to the plow and he looks back, he's not worthy of the kingdom. When they were coming out of Sodom and Gomorrah, they, they told, what was that lady's name? Lot's wife, poor women, they never got named in the Bible a lot of times. Lot's wife, look back, turned into a pillar of salt. It's total commitment. There's a lot of people in the church, I believe, want to live with fire insurance. They will go to church because they don't want to go to hell. And they'll go do the church thing because Jesus isn't the Lord of their life. But Jesus said this, why do you call me Lord, Lord? And you don't do what I'm saying, what I'm asking you. Why do you call me? Why do you call me, Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I ask? Why do you call me, Lord, but you continue to do what you want to do? Why do you even go through the motions, is what he's saying. Why are you even going through the motions? Because I am not Lord. You are still in control. I believe the Lord told me to call this church to total commitment to him. Total commitment to him. The Bible says, not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord, listen shall enter into the kingdom of heaven that's pretty amazing what he says right now not everyone who says Lord Lord is going to heaven many I want you to notice the word many many not a few will say to me in that day Lord Lord notice again they called him Lord Lord I'm a Christian Christian I go to church, church, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not serve? Did we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we do many wondrous works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Guys, that's amazing to me. He didn't say there would be a few depart from me. He said there would be many the Bible talks about in the end times that there is going to be such a pull of this world and such a lust in the flesh and a lust in the eye and a pride in life it said that many are going to fall from their faith in the end times it says that it says many are going to fall many people's love is going to wax cold because of the indecencies happening around us but as a pastor I want to herald from this pulpit, and I want to say it takes total commitment. Where are these people that are saying, Lord, Lord, where are these people that this scripture is talking about? I'm telling you, they're not in the bars, and they're not out where you'd think they were. These people are in the church where they're hearing the word, where they're hearing prophecy, where they're seeing the works of God. These are the ones that's calling him, Lord, Lord, but he says, I never knew you. Notice he didn't say, I once knew you, but I don't anymore. He said, I never knew you. We never met you. We've never, I never met you. You've never been, truly been saved. Are you all out there today? How can I know? How can I really know if I've been saved? It's very simple. Who's the boss? How can I know if I'm saved? Who's the boss? Who's the boss? Who's making the decisions for your life? If you haven't made the decision, Lord means Lord. Lord, Lord. Lord, Lord's Lord. If you haven't made that decision in life, then the many that say, Lord, Lord, did we what? You'll say, oh, but I believe. I believe, Pastor Brian, I believe. the Bible says that Satan believes and he trembles with fear it's not enough to believe the Bible says Satan believes Satan believes but he trembles with fear and the reason why is because Satan refused to submit his will to the lordship of Christ he wanted to be God I believe many men and women are going to miss heaven because they won't submit their wills and their way to the Lordship of Christ. And they will not simply give up their life to the Lord. You must, you must yield control. He's either Lord of all or he isn't Lord at all. He's either Lord of all or he isn't Lord at all. I also see some people doing Jesus like a flu shot. Flu shot each year. I don't, I don't know if you know what a flu shot really is. kind of like a COVID shot maybe. It really is, but a flu shot is a counterfeit of the flu. That's what it is, it's a counterfeit. You take it in your body and it tricks your body into thinking that you have the flu or you might be getting the flu and your body's own immune system begins to develop what it needs to fight that. It's like a little bit of the flu but it's a counterfeit I believe there's a lot of people that fill churches there's a lot of people that fill churches that they've received a little bit of Jesus or a little bit of religion or a little bit of Bible but I'm telling you, it's a counterfeit it tricks them into thinking that they've got the real thing they believe they're going to heaven I've given it all to the Lord I'm experiencing God's fullness Guys, I'm telling you, I felt the Lord say it's total commitment. When we say it's a gift, we're like, oh, praise the Lord. When it's eternal life, oh, praise the Lord, eternal life. It's forgiveness. Oh, praise the Lord. It's justification. It's righteousness. When we get down to redemption, you're like, oh, praise the Lord. I'm not my own anymore. And then it gets down to it's total commitment. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Please hear me. You can do something about you today. Every head bowed and eyes closed, all you have to do is have that moment with God. I want you to have that moment with God. I want you to hear the Lord say, hey, hot shot, hey buddy, I love you, hey honey, I love you, but it's total commitment. Some of you need to make that most important decision of your life. A lot of people just know a little bit about Jesus, a little bit about it. It's like they just got a little bit of religion. They're tricked into thinking I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. You can grow up in church and go to church every week. You can know about Jesus and you can say you believe in Jesus. But There comes a point where you have to say with an act of your will, jesus i surrender my life to you and you are lord of all who'll pray that right now in your seat who'll pray that right now say jesus i commit everything to you holy spirit come and shed a spotlight on my heart today and show me where i'm self-absorbed soul me where i've got a little bit of religion and a little bit of jesus just like flu shot and it's tricking me thinking I'm all there I want you to surrender it all today I want you to surrender your life I want you to surrender your time I want you to surrender your finances I want you to surrender your body to the Lord you know that God probably asks us gives us assignments every day but we're too busy doing our own assignments and what we want to do that the world is perishing around Right now, I want you to ask, tell the Lord, I surrender. I surrender to you, Lord. I surrender to you. if, If you're, I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I thank you for the gift of salvation. I thank you for salvation. I thank you for eternal life. Say, I thank you, Lord, for eternal life. I thank you for forgiveness. Right at this point, you might be asking for some things that you're being convicted of. Lord, I ask you to forgive me. And I thank you that you forgive me. I thank you that you choose to forgive me. Lord, I thank you that I'm justified. Jesus, thank you that the anger and the wrath for my sins upon your back. Lord, thank you you've given me your righteousness. Now today, say, Lord Jesus... In response to your great love for me, that you became a sacrifice. In response to that, I present myself back to you as a sacrifice. Do you all get that parallel? Jesus presented himself a sacrifice. Our response to his love and his sacrifice is now to do the same thing he did. Right now, take your body, your soul, and your spirit and say, Lord, I give myself back to you in response to your love, a total surrendered life, a living sacrifice. Brothers and sisters, when you do that, that's entering into that real salvation. That's entering into a true act of worship. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap today. Thank you for it. Come on, say thank you that I'm saved. Thank you that I'm saved. You know, the other thing we need to do is we need to say thank you, Lord, for conviction. Thank you, Lord, for conviction. Thank you, Lord, for a challenge. Anybody want to be challenged? Thank you, Lord, for a challenge today. Let's stand to our feet today.